0: Welcome back to my lovely HP community. Hopefully you are all doing fabulously well. I am definitely excited as the days move forward. And these energies and the lovely 5D educators, they keep on coming out with great information. So recently I was sharing a little bit on the new... Patrick McNamara video that I watched which was very important and it talks about our brain as a neurotechnology which makes it clearer and clearer why so many of other individuals in the middle ground talk about us as machines. I prefer humanizing it so that people can personalize it because that's what will lead you to potentially notice your own patterns and your own patterns means your own charge states, your own emotions, your own, some unresolved trauma, the ones of you who have a love cycle, it's not going to be unresolved trauma, it's going to be deep emotions that you get to handle with love, so the love cycle people, which is where I come from, meaning the end of the journey of uh, becoming yourself is where, if you can be who you are, with your imperfections and flaws, with a light heart and a light stomach. So even when I have, let's say, societal pressure, quote-unquote, and I quote-unquote because I personally realize that besides the acknowledging of enlightenment soul age group, uh, it's really, to me, something that I began doing since I can remember, to lighten life. Why would I not? It, it's like I don't even know how else to make it sound so normal? Because what I keep realizing is all of these different groups of subject matter experts, and even the whole yoga sciences, which is only science now because technology has been able to show what yoga does, which is it's a portfolio that puts into practice your mammalian heritage is ventral vagal Vegas nervous system. I mean, I learned words and I don't remember them correctly, but I know the information is true <laughs> because it comes from, from experts. The thing is my entire life I've battled quote unquote for love with my loved ones who keep saying that love is not something humans choose. And that's not a truth. It's a false, it's a false narrative. It's a false narrative, not because of some siphoning energy shit or some matrix or some entities that don't exist. No, it's a narrative that was created because our species didn't have technology to see in the body of a human. It gives me no pleasure to keep seeing people choose suffering out of the basically traumatized brain or body they have and then go around either yelling at each other or whining about it or getting pissy or... How about this? Talking to people like me, like we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. That one's pretty straightforward, actually. You know, when I am in the middle of any of the lovely long-term friendships where transference happens, and now at least I know what it is, and I'm able to just say, you know what, let's just shut up. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, I'm not in the friendship because I need to tell you to be. I'm in the friendship because I want to be. Most people are not in friendships because they want to be and let alone all those other relationships. They depend on each other for these thumbs up that seriously, I'll never forget the, the various moments of my life where people actually think that I'm insecure, meaning they think that I would think that I'm a problem. What I didn't realize was I don't have a shame cycle and see, here's why it's okay. If someone thinks you're a cocky fucking asshole, because at least I know that I'm not that but I do know that I'm confident, and I don't see any reason for a human being not to be. So here's the deal. If you're 5D, you're not going to have this little shame thing. It's from our ancestors. It's when they were ones with lions, bears, tigers, and people just promoted it in a certain way at the time with the absence of knowledge. Now they promote it because it's a good story. I don't know for who, because as a woman, intellectually speaking, all these stories, and when I'm seeing men do the things that these people, again, men, support. I'm like, wow, okay, you're actually supporting the dumbing down of your own gender for those who consider themselves that. And I then just shut up so that I may not seriously hurt somebody's ego because see, this is where their inflated ego is already inflated because they actually don't know that they're cool the way they are. It's a very sad thing to see a human being be vulnerable, not be aware of it, be a clown, and then to see them actually continue to think that with the movies, it, it's, it's a disgrace to the human intellect. And, and here's where when I hear the 4D people, you come from some other planet. No, no, I was born on planet Earth. My name's Maria. <laughs> I know the year I was born. I can have all the dreams I want. I still am a human being. This is the lovely, by the way, anybody who's new, IHP podcast episodes. We integrate it all. And yes, I am a mystic. I love fucking being a mystic, but I also love knowing lovely Patrick McNamara. Thank goodness he's here because now I can help the people who don't want to sit in their nightmares perhaps or maybe in that 4D body and sit thinking that they are either special or that there's something cursed with them. You know how sad it is to see people think that they have a curse because things happen to them and because of this whole light and dark and evil devil not devil whatever you know it's it's all very very sad to a person who grows up me and others who are here with love and knowing that humanity can access an infinite higher human consciousness potential lo and behold your relationships are what matter Lo and behold, the way you treat your relationships is what matters. Lo and behold, most people are not their functional adults. They're all insecure children, even the ones who think they're not are. The minute that they start to try to prove they're right versus try to enjoy their conversation, they're unaware that trying to prove oneself right means you're insecure. But this is where they have plenty of pompous asshole, quote unquote, educated leaders leading the show for them. So, you know... I was a child and remember the adults saying they lead by example. I'm an adult and I'm still saying we lead by example. There you go. If you can be aware that you're human and that you lead by example, you might get a hint of who you are as a person and maybe decide to be an independent individual, not use stereotypes not use overgeneralizations, disengage from assuming all habits that people have, that people continue to say they're good. That's our mammalian heritage. It's the way that you can be inclined to be. You can disengage. I did this all by myself, just by choosing that. And I'm just saying I'm a very average day-to-day bear. In fact, I forget shit all the time. But if there's one thing that I never forgot was how it hurts your feelings when your friends and people don't, treat each other nicely. This is going to be a constant, but what you realize is everybody has a justification for their implicit memory. (laughs) Oh yeah, now they're they're adults, so they even have more justification. It gets very fascinating as you move into adulthood. For me, it got even more fascinating being able to now explain all this shit, and it's not shit, by the way, but it is the pseudoscience, and it is self-help for those who want to be. Oh, being a mystic. Awesome so knowing your oversoul knowing your future like stuff like that man i'm just so happy and here's a tidbit no matter how mo- how far we move into enlightenment and visibility you still will have what you carry so you don't ever forget being a person i have a perfect example of this i had a very very lovely conversation with a human being recently and i have to tell you when i saw this person they're regular once twice three or four times, I've seen them, they're regular, I didn't like them, there is something about them that didn't make me trust who they are, and obviously this is where it's not because of uh, mannerisms, is the actual face, the energy, and obviously I don't know them, I just had a good conversation, so for all I know, maybe some of my hunches, quote-unquote, are accurate in a sense, but long story short, it's still a judgment that is basically not accurate, and, and, and here's where you always learn, for the people who want to build actual relationships, how to disengage from these aspects that are opinions that may or may not be true. Now, what is considered dangerous to a person who's an adult, it's a physical stuff, not, not emotional, not lifestyle as a teenager when I judged lifestyle, and I, that was my one moment of shame, because that's casting a stone. I grew up and saw all these people. They talk about either they're on one side, and even if they're not. So, let me break this one down. The laws are the laws, and they're meant to be respected. Hopefully, structure updates its laws, because it's bullshit, the whole drug thing. Because I agree with the guy who did Undercover, and told, basically, all people in his interview... You ain't winning the drug war here. We're just wasting time, and you're actually putting police in danger. And, I mean, he goes through his entire story, and luckily, see, this is where when people want to do something, they're not yelling, they're talking, and then they're also opening up their own entities so this guy has a nonprofit to try and help a situation. And on that note, this is where, let me read Sadguru, our lovely Sadhguru, as he speaks. Devotion is not a dissection of life, but a total embrace. Now, obviously, this is where the embrace of it depends on your interests, depends on your caring about humanity. I see that the ones who are yelling, they care about their agenda. They don't care about the humanity because they're yelling. They can't care. They're angry and their brain is dumbed down. In fact, I have an infographic about that if you want from NICABM. So they got all this cortisol on their hippocampus, and they're really just in their confirmation bias or cognitive dissonance. A person yelling, a person getting angry, angry or angry, or angry you're already out, you're already on your own, uh, you know, tooting your own, basically, uh, story. When I get into Kali mode, it's a lot more personal than it is general, which is why I allow that to be a part of the equation, because it is part of the feeling that can be Involved, but I know when you acknowledge that that emotion, it's yours, and it means that it's you getting upset. It's a whole different story because you're not transferring it. You're not saying and claiming that with the feeling you're right. And this is where people differ. So to me, when I had this conversation with this person, I was like, oh, "See, remember this, remember this moment, because you had an off feeling, which is fine. It's great. You want to stay protected, of course, but the off feeling wasn't just." I don't trust in the sense of I don't know what this guy's involved in. It was also I don't think he's he I don't think he's intellectually interesting. I mean this isn't a thought that came as a feeling. Okay, acknowledging one's own feelings. This is where I acknowledge I basically can you can say it was judging a book by its cover because it is based on what I saw in the various times this person was there and their mat, all of it. And I was proven wrong. Here's where, in this case, when you can use right or wrong in an adult way, by the way, you can tease about it. And this is what it's beautiful, like my divine masculine friend, uh, he likes to talk about right or wrong. I don't, I don't care about it, but I'll admit to being wrong. And I can talk in this way of, okay, sometimes we can acknowledge that we make these mistakes for those who want to hear those words, because to them, that's part of the equation. To me, it's a reevaluation process that is ongoing, and that's where the love cycle, out of love cycle versus out of shame cycle, there is a difference in how you can see things. But the language is still saying the same thing. Let's respect each other's differences, not jump to conclusions and be adults about it. And so when people care, they won't be separating themselves between us and them groups. And... Here's where I know I was trying to get to some other example that right now slipped my mind. But on that note, with our relationships, when people care about each other, they don't cancel each other. They communicate. They don't hide secrets. When you hide something, you're creating distance. When people choose silence, they're creating distance. They're hiding something because they're afraid. And so here's where a person who's mature... Will not try to, t- to get you to tell them anything because if you can't tell me the truth all on your own, well, you're not going to learn how to by me pushing and prying. And this is where, even for helping people, we can't go in thinking it'll work or we're right because that's you with an agenda, and another person's going to feel that agenda and they're not your child. And even children, by the way, don't like to be told what to do. I remember being a child. I couldn't wait to be an adult because I kept being told, you don't know anything, you don't know anything, you don't know anything. As I got older, I'm like, huh, I think I know a lot more than all of you do. And I think that all these people that want to call themselves leaders are no leader for me. In my book, none of the people that divide humanity are leaders, period. I will say, I'll look up to the people who bring them together. I will not look up to the people who are rigid assholes. I actually, if I had to pick a world... Oh, you better bet I know exactly who's going where. You know, like this is the deal. Luckily for us, no one person, luckily, actually, I shouldn't say, see, this is a story. This is the adaptive child story, which is where people get lost in these little tales and a person who wants to expand recognizing it. This is a a stupid example (laughs) because it's not going to bring anything to your thinking brain. You're not bringing anything new. That's where people get locked up in their little rumination. And it's not little for some. So that hero-villain's journey, that us-versus-them group, is not expanding. Expanding is, as I said, as I ended this beautiful conversation and I walked home, and actually they walked me home, my friends, to make sure I got in safely, even though I'm not even two minutes away from where we're at. But this is where the big baby man, he always makes sure, the people from the... the he's so sweet. But... Um, I, as I walked up the stairs and got, you know, got in, I was like, wow, okay, let remember this because this is, you know, another example of how for as much as you can open your mind, you're going to want to open it more. Some people believe that's wrong. That's because they don't trust humanity. That's because they have an environment, but they also have stories that they still live by. So here's where if we want to look at the neurotechnology, that's um, Patrick McNamara which is our brain, when he talks about decentralization, he talks about what religious self does, but discounts for anything, most likely, because the brain works a certain way. So it updates the self, which is you, decentering, the dissolution of unity between self and identity. And when Sadhguru talks about us having the chains and the cages open. Or when any type of spiritual spirituality person is telling you about identity, I know a lot of people that think they're enlightened because they're doing yoga, because they do Reiki, because they're with mysticists, mysticism, all that stuff. Or I see the ones who are therapists who think they know more. And actually, here's where there is a buttload of them that they use the whole young yin uh, the wounded warrior. I actually did come across this. I was like, okay, I'm going to look into it at some point. But Yang Yun is old like Freud. And actually, I think I'm just going to get the gist of it and break that one down. Because that one, for those who want to, of course, move into enlightenment, not the ones who want to sit in that. But that one perpetuates the suffering. And it's basically equal to spirituality bypassing. It's just the opposite. They just think they're wounded warriors here to heal the world. And they're, again, thinking of humanity as broken versus looking at it with the data, humanity lived one with animals, our older nervous system, the parasympathetic older nervous system with fight, flight, freeze, which is our reptilian one. And I love how they use these words talking about it as if, there's either aliens or as if we are, it. like, I I mean, this is the story part, because I'm thinking I'm a human, I still have my reptilian ner- parasympathetic nervous system here, it, it actually get, gets activated when I get into my panic attackies, right, now this is your thank goodness they're becoming panic attackies, so I'm able to manage them, and I'm able to regain my centeredness. uh, What I really think it is, is I'm just hyper aware of the nervous systems around me, and they're all basically in in their self-preservation mode. So I get to try and recalibrate in a room full of people that are all hyped up on their own nervous system because they don't know how to move into the ease state. And I'm the person, by the way, who gets told that I'm very anxious and all these things, but uh, I'm actually very calm when it comes to how much ease there is in my body. Long story short, if you're an empath, a person who has awareness of energy, here's what I see my 4D peeps not doing. They don't look to work with their nervous system. They look to say, oh, there's an energy vampire. Oh, I don't like this music. Oh, I don't like that. So I don't watch certain things. Because I've always not watched certain things. If I'm going to watch a movie, it better make me laugh. I don't want to cry. I don't need to cry. If I open up my door, I'm crying for some other person who's basically a drug addict or someone who's oblivious to the fact that they're going down a very, very sad sad hole. And nobody seems to have enough guts or care to support the asshole that's being the asshole, which is even more upsetting. Okay, so here's where relationships, a 5D person will not ever abandon anyone. And this is where it's not about soldiers, but it makes me think of these lovely people that talk about stuff like that. And then it makes me think of the ones who lost themselves. So Their identity is completely fabricated in this world of verbiage and land of these. The saddest thing is seeing smart people go down the trash because they actually don't recognize when they're unhappy that they're meant to do something to not stay there. And that is the moment you're supposed to be able to, and you can if you want, decenter all on your own. Say, wait a minute, myself is not this identity. I don't have to be the person who behaves this way. This doesn't make me feel good. I don't have to shove down some more beer or whatever this is something any human being can do if they choose to pay attention to their feelings. There are some that have an exaggerated amount of it. It got here for a certain reason. And the ones who are leading by allowing themselves to embody the suffering, I do not support those groups of educators, but I understand their role since we're in the middle of things. I educate with the pseudoscience on purpose, bringing together spiritual, spirituality and human elements. And I'm here to say you can choose love. It is easy. And let me walk you through one human beings, very day to day life, and then give you also mindset and stuff like that. The part about human suffering, you don't have to suffer. I have not suffered one day in my life, um, unless I was afraid of being physically hurt. And that actually did happen with one of my osteopaths, because. This this guy, man, I love him. I got very good results with him. I still do his exercises. But he had a bit of a problem with, <laughs> with being told what not to do. So he had a bit of re- reactivity to his patients saying, please don't do this because he's the authority. Okay, so let's just say that I'm a very understanding person. And so I also have a very good gut. And I knew that my lovely, lovely doctor just was a bit of a grandiose jerkwad from time to time, but his methods and everything he did was effective. However, this thing that he, he, uh, actually cracked, I think it was my sacrum or whatever, like in a good way, but it was so painful. I mean, this, this maneuver he did, I'll never forget it. Cause I actually, and and here's where I do believe he freed something up, but still I would, I, I got up and I, I, basically asked him to not do it again, which in turn, because he was upset at that, he said, no, I'm going to do it again when you come. And then long story short, I'm giving you this example because here's where I did go back because my back needs to stay healthy. Otherwise I will be in pain. And, and so he did get results. He is knowledgeable and his quote unquote assholeish behavior is not assholeish. It's just a methodology of his possessiveness with his own mastery of his thing you know he's thinking it's a good thing and he he doesn't recognize his own grandiose ego but a grown-up can say okay this guy a bit of a narcissist or whatever it wasn't narcissism but some people would use that word to me he was an insecure person who didn't like his authority to be questioned and so whenever that would happen he'd get more and he probably witnessed that same behavior at home but his Caring was actually true and genuine for me and my back and and his profession. And luckily, though, for me, when I returned, he did not do anything anymore. He didn't anymore do any maneuvers on me. Uh, I believe my mother talked to him. I don't know, but maybe it was just something he said, but he didn't mean it. However, I left there with fear and anxiety of going back just saying. I'll never forget that because I was so anxious. I was like, oh my God, I hope he doesn't do it again. But here's where for the health of my spine, I went back. The part about when people support things such as uh, ubiquitous suffering, the guy that talks about it, he does a very good job. At actually. And I say the guy, Kelly, he's a doctor. He, he genuinely shares, don't stigmatize it. It's a, it's a journey that's hard. But it's a journey that is there and and you can tell he's healed it completely because when he talks about the equation of this suffering as ubiquitous, he doesn't have pain behind it. He has the data and then he has love behind it. This is different than when I've seen people embody what they're talking. So when I saw the embodiment of shame, that was with suffering. And you can tell because the methodology of the... The way the person communicates their education is with rigidity. Whenever there's a rigid mind, there's a rigid person, which is an adaptive child. They're trying to prove they're right. They've gone so far, but they haven't continued their journey on bringing closure to that very pain. So here's where they didn't lean in fully to their own human suffering and come out with the heart in the forefront in a loving way. Not in a hurt way, okay? So when rigidity is present, they have not taken that self and identity and dissolved it. No, they've merged their self and identity. And so here's where the gold chains and the gold cage, people don't notice this, like the ones who end up in their full identity, because they've merged that self and identity, which is where cognitive dissonance and then confirmation bias come in. And here's where Patrick McNamara says the decentering process is where the executive self is taken offline. There's a liminal process. I need to look into these words and watch the video again. Editing of old self, new self activated. Okay, when I look at 3D, 4D, and other soul age groups, they don't actually create a free self. They create a self with an identity. That identity is taken from the different texts that they will choose as their leaders and blah, 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 blah. blah. And there you go best i can do so when i think of people that are their identity with the self-burged one we can tell the enlightenment Soul age of a 5d mystic can tell and that's where the 4d people they don't only rediscover traditions they become the embodiment of them okay so anyone who's an educator who goes rigid and who basically is explaining something to me and begins to make it as if it's a truth And it's the only way, and this is many of them, there's a good group of people that are not enlightened in their own topic, So they're embodying with self and identity merged versus embodying what they care about. So they care about sharing their journey or sharing the information. They care about expanding the topic. So they don't become this identity. They share the topic that can support others. This is very important, and I'm trying my best to note a difference for you all. I'll do best again and again and again. The differentiated self means you consider the self your name, and then everything else can be a part of your identity. Allow yourself to be flexible with it, and you can keep expanding it. If you choose to go rigid, you're not going to expand. When you learn about the attachment categories they're not fixed in stone when you learn about the cycles of shame blame fault revenge they're not fixed in stone however your brain works like a wire apparently it creates neural pathways so you have to be the one who finds it valuable to disengage from patterns that are not helpful or that do not energize you and here silly example i hadn't gone out in a while had a little bit little bit too much and not too much, much because I know my tolerance, but I'm like, ah, my body can tell the difference. And I'm not a drinker, okay? So I'm just saying there are ways when you get clean that you will notice how your body's feeling. The part about habits, we all have habits. And so here's where when you begin to work with your own habits, it's going to be a management process. If you use the word, I need to control myself, you're not going to become free ever. If you allow yourself to manage and you allow wiggle room, then you allow yourself to guide yourself to the next best spot. But if you maintain focus on health. So health is very straightforward. All of these equations of life are straightforward. The part about when people hide their suffering and the part of how it's clear is that you're not becoming more lively. It really is straightforward. They just have too many different leaders that give them a way to find an identity with that pain that fits, and they go that way. So there are educators that I see who are talking about actual conversations in ways that promote what I would say are not optimal human potential, but they are a representation of a group of people that definitely hold a spot for now. It's up to the community as a whole to continue to speak and the researchers to continue to educate. When I think of the professionals who promote with their suffering any topic, it's limited. And I try to voice what I see. So when I look at people who are coming at their topics with society in the forefront versus the individual, and when I say the individual, I mean you being able to become your own self, the differentiated self that you can be to separate and stay separate from an identity, to understand, humanly speaking, what this means. You know, my journey continues to be the same, to allow you to deal with the unknown uncertainty unwanted from within with your own heart and going with your own flow as the human being you are. The understanding of getting out of the adaptive child is where once you are in the advanced place of the inner growth program is where you would begin to explore from neutrality in your thought process, those thoughts and emotions. So it's always going to lead you to more and more. As I said, I gave you me as this example. I judged a book by its cover. I realized that the judgment was basically wrong and still is there. I know why it's there. I I don't also, by the way, you don't doubt yourself either. It's not like I'm like, oh, let me disregard the fact that I had a little bit of couple of mixed feelings. No, but I do understand that those mixed feelings, like with the illiterate guy, the mixed feelings will make me always be in a space Face of this is not someone that I physically 100% trust. Now, Being realistic means I have no reason to actually be mean or distant or accusational or create any type of story. Anytime anything happens, I don't have a right to say anything because there is no proof. Some people will say, oh, so you wait for the proof. This is not the point. Again, people get lost in stories and movies when you go out and you socialize, you're not doing anything ridiculously dangerous. If you get into a specific type of relationship, that's when you could begin to be concerned. And here's the thing though, as soon as there is a lack of trust, you will know that you're not going to build something because that's the part of where you can move away from judgment. But Well, for me, I trust my body. And here's why when the educators explain about us versus them group, when they explain about us having bias and us leading based on feelings that may not have truth, the buns of us who understand this clearly will say, yeah, but if you're not walking with me at home at night, you know, like if you're not around mind your own business, as long as we're not creating issues between each other and you're staying open to learning, this is something that I'd say is ideal, it's ideal for you to trust yourself. It's ideal for you to learn to be equanimous because this is where, again, we don't actually have a gauge for any person's heart or mind or personality. We have gauges based on information that comes through in different interactions and so on and so forth. It's limited. There are clear red flags when people want to pay attention. And this, for example, in your relationships is important. When I've seen red flags, I immediately recalibrated those friendships in a way that allowed me to be safe and to get to keep knowing these individuals. In fact, some are still great friends of mine, but definitely... Their mannerisms, their temperament, their habits, not in line with what is, to me, a expanded relationship. Okay, so 5DC relationships. If you're self-empowered, you will have your best interest at mind of yourself. It's not an identity. If you're enlightened, you keep learning about pieces of information, about being a person, your interests, yada, yada, yada. If you're 5D, you're unconditionally loving, and you learn how to be in your ventral vegas nervous system state. You learn how to be socially engaged. You learn how to navigate your own mind with mindfulness, meaning you're the observer, witness, and narrator and you can have an objective conversation. Oh shit, I judged a book by its cover. That's not really cool. I'm not gonna doubt my own instincts either. I allow them to sit in the neutrality that the land of neutral is, and I use my brain to be smart and know where it is actually a threat, quote-unquote. And I say quote-unquote because, again, when we get red flags, we don't, if you choose to regard them, which is important, okay, because here's where, when people disregard them, I've seen throughout my lifetime so far, at least a handful of my loved ones make choices where their gut told them no. And year after year after year, in fact, they repeat their karma. And it's karma because they are not looking at their family of origin, their wounded child, their adaptive child, their own shame cycles. No, no, no. Their their human suffering is leading the way. They're not leaning into anything. They actually have what our glasses tainted so thick that they, they're the light, they're drawing the darkness. Here's the wounded healer. So whether they're in the psychological realm as a wounded healer, thinking that they're here for that, or an average day-to-day person, or it doesn't matter. Any person who thinks they're here to heal another is a person who's not regarded humanity as not needing healing. We evolve as a species. We support each other in two different ways of approaching anything and everything. And it's not going to be with the words. It's going to be the non-verbal. Your your body's going to exude I think is the word that you care for real and you're soft and you're powerful as well because you actually are humble in the way that you'll present so this person who basically has revealed themselves to be not only intellectually interesting but also an entrepreneur at heart in their own way and someone who is very intriguing they heard about the illiterate guy and obviously they're like oh that's judging and, and i in a good way whenever somebody will say to someone else that you're judging i find that appealing cuz it means they're a person who cares about hey nobody's nobody so let's you know let's not be judging people positive note and i said no no i'm i'm not trying to judge and here's where my divine masculine friend comes to my mind I'm saying he's illiterate because, and I explained the feeling, because to me, when I say this person's illiterate, it's not because they're illiterate that they can't read. I feel that their brain doesn't follow. So long story short, though, as I presented the, the scenario that you all know about, this guy said, well, you don't know. For all you know, maybe he didn't mean anything. And that's another positive in my book, because you have a person who's open-minded open-mindedness is what indicates those who have expansion of consciousness and the forefront versus those who are instead in a rigid mind that is still harboring a lot of unresolved and unknown fear in regard to humanity and that's the dysregulated modulated embodied self that's the adaptive child who's still trying to prove that they're worthy in a way of rigidity, though, which is why that can create a potentially unexpansive relationship, because whenever the ego will be potentially threatened in an interaction, the attachment wounds or the charge states, those come up, and then what's created is a potential splinter which then might not be repaired, and here's why silence isn't a positive, hiding things isn't a positive in your relationships, if you can't be vulnerable with those very elements, and if you can't get upset with each other, so here's where people with reactions with anger, they sometimes get into these shame cycles with themselves, and, and are afraid that they won't be able to handle a relationship, it all depends, everybody's experience is different, It's very sad when people don't know how to talk about their actual fears, but it's understandable because most people don't actually have a way to look at themselves with tenderness, those who have shame cycles. That's exactly why they stay within their unresolved trauma and then their reactivity stays the same. Okay, so a couple of breakdowns before I have to go. Um, When people ignore their gut, I've always seen them get into something that isn't positive for their expansion. Because though they have not learned to trust their gut. Now here's where Gabor Mate and someone had quoted him in one of my classes, which is why I was like, "Dude, you're in another class, you're doing another thing, bringing up Gabor Mate, plus taking it out of context." I'm thinking you didn't hear, you know, Gabor Mate correctly because not everybody has a gut that is going to lead them in a direction of, uh, not positive, if you will. Gabor Mate says you can't trust your gut, but he's talking to people about. Individuals who have self soothing mechanisms. Not every person has a shame cycle that they've ignored. Not every person will be in relationships that are toxic. And I don't prefer using that word, but I will say again the people who I've noticed, educators, individuals who are not completely in expansion, they are in these lower toroidal energetic fields, not good or bad. They're doing what the movies do. They actually get emerged, they are like literally in the goo, quote-unquote. The ones who are not out of it because they're still living it, they're living it from the higher turtle field, but they ignore growing in a loving way. They're the ones who think of themselves as wounded healers or feel that they're anointed, or basically the ones who have a compassion streak, but they don't get out of their shame cycle. Okay, the shame cycle is the part of the adaptive child. Why does the adaptive child want to prove they're right? Why does the adaptive child want to control a partner or control the situation? Why does the adaptive child, and this is from Terry Reel, which I actually purchased his course on relationships, so that's going to be added to our lovely way of being able to note how to support building expansive relationships. So he teaches relational mindfulness, which is a great addition, so how people can repair versus use their adaptive child. Why do the adaptive children have this unbridled self-expression or this retaliation and then for the last, this withdrawal. These are all shame cycle. Inner critic, outer critic, denying. The denial, the denial part is through the compulsive activity. This is where we could put, put Gabor Matei in the mix, and Stephen Porges, and anyone else who's explaining, even, you know, Bezel van der Kolk, the way that the mechanisms of your fight-flight-freeze, and or flop-drop, and attach, cry-collapse, submit, please-appease work. A person who is in a modulated, dysregulated body is not navigating life from their more updated, the newer, or mammalian, parasympathetic, ventral, vagal, okay, nervous system state. They're navigating it from the older, the reptilian, which is, in fact, one that only fights fleas, freezes, basically, it's a safety behavior. And you will notice it by their mindset. You will notice it by everything they do. You will notice it because they're standing and going to keep on being the ones who do the stereotypes, all the things about the divide. That's the, those are all separation consciousness people. And they're ignoring their own actual adaptive child mannerisms because they're in a rigid mind, which isn't looking to repair. They're not looking to repair. There's no rupture to them. To them, what there is is an unsafe situation that they bring with them from when they are little and they just don't know that emotions are everything and that that's what's leading you. And so as long as you feel afraid and upset and angry and all of this in a charged state, you're not thinking clearly. You're not there. And you're not thinking clearly with yourself. So the shame cycle is perpetuated, unresolved trauma, safety behaviors are perpetuated by people. And so you wire it by basically using shame, blame, fault, revenge, which is what most people do. So when they find safe harbor in the individuals who are 5DC, you don't have to be in your Enlightenment Soul age group, but if you're a person who's 5D, it means you're a person who understands, you have compassion. Like this one person who I just met, who's intellectually very smart, very easygoing, seems quite successful whatever the off feeling is, it's none of my business. And I, I don't intend to ignore either. So here's where being in a place where there's a specific way that people do things. This involves drugs. I'm not a fan of drugs. I don't believe that they help your brain unless you're doing it in a way that is to help your physiological. So here's where the, um, what is it called? The people who are doing psychedelics, there's a whole way that people use them to help get mental health in check for themselves but when someone's doing stuff like that recreationally it's not about me judging it but it means to me that you need substances in a way that makes life fun i just it's 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 a it's not trusting if you need something to help you work a certain way that's where and again i know when i'm sharing this this is an opinion right here is where it's opinionated However, if you're going to look at your body when you were born as a baby, it's not to be extreme. This is why there's the middle ground, which is also why we have different types of ways people are presenting these conversations. But if you ask me if I'm going to disregard my body when it says "Mm, something's off and I know what context I'm in, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to trust my body. I'm also going to leave room to be open, to not judge. And so here's where... I won't be rude. I will try not to assume and to note when my actual own biases, because it's a bias, like with the illiterate guy, this is where I don't have any proof that he is engaging in a malicious way. The people who want to keep pointing to it are the same who live with stereotypes. So none of those make any of these equations true, which is why it's always a a breath of fresh air when I find someone who, like me, says, "Ah, you, you can't judge a book by its cover. But they're telling it to me while I'm, you know, the one who's expressing and sharing a scenario. But this is the equation of it's beautiful for those of us who are moving more and more towards enlightenment to meet people who expand consciousness because these stereotypes are silly. Humans are not limited in their potential and not everybody actually has any maliciousness to what they're doing this is something that is not provable because so in this example with this person the literate person I would have to be straightforward I'm choosing silence I'm choosing not to address something and I'm choosing to do so out of what is considered societally politically whatever it is nice basically I'm choosing to take steps back in order to not be offensive and also because, you know, when people speak, their words don't mean anything in the sense that it's the actions that count. So here's the other part. Because most men will actually support the stereotypes that they're always trying to get in some woman's pants or skirts or whatever, which is really distasteful in my book completely. I've learned that most men support this theory and that, in fact, they, are, they can't be trusted in this way. It's, it's something I don't even like to say, but this is why. So for me, for example, to see people who are open-minded, it's great. It doesn't reassure me because most of humanity keeps on wanting to use the same shit over and over and over again. And then they become this identity. So they don't become a self that expands. They continue to perpetuate something. So do all the other people that talk about it now. Could we create conversations? Of course I could. So again, I'm using me. I don't want to have to deal with someone. I don't want to be mean, and I don't want to have to deal with the person. And I don't find that it's helpful to society as a whole to point out to some one human being something like this. What's helpful is to create conversations. What's helpful is for me to share with the community, and then eventually as we move into 5D spectrum, there's plenty of educators that are in the realm of gender, luckily for us, And so the ones who are making a difference, they actually talk about not creating a divide and they talk about re-education and they talk about a lot of things. So I'm one person who supports the educators and then says, let's talk about it. But I don't plan on involving my body, my mind, my heart in an equation of let me try offending a person or figuring out, no, I'm going to be smart and going to trust my gut. I'm going to allow myself to be civil Why? Because I got 24 hours. You better bet I ain't going to spend it trying to figure out something, by the way, when that same something is not provable. Because no matter what a person will tell you from their mouth, if they don't commit to it and are not it, it will come out in time. So you don't need people to talk. All you need is time for people to show you who they are. And silence in this case is used in the right way because it doesn't benefit everyone to do something more it's unnecessary. When my loved ones who ignored instead their gut they did this. This is where they found themselves complaining and feeling as if they had been punished. This is the dangers of religion when it comes to this stuff. That's where whenever I've heard someone say, am I being punished? I'm like, no, this doesn't work that way you're not being punished, there isn't punishment, there isn't this god and this evil and devil, They're, and I go and explain from my lovely mysticism experience what they can note, and then I say it's your choice to how you want to think about this, but it's an energetic exchange, there's, there are different energies, I've understood that there's an equation of energy, but it has everything to do, when I look at it on a human scale, It has everything to do with them not growing out of their shame cycle, not seeing their patterns. It has everything to do with them not actually contemplating their own gut and not the part about trusting it or not not trusting it. When you can sit with yourself and you evaluate the data, so let's say I doubt a person. If you look at their actions, you will see the person you have. There is no way you can't. This is the, the... the proof is in, is in the actions. And um, the part about understanding how people don't know how to be vulnerable, well, that's, again, a lot of adaptive children around. They choose to protect themselves and to hide their hearts away and not to have any heart-to-heart conversations. And when it comes to gut, by the way, it's always best to trust your gut to bring safety to you and love to you, which means to be aware... If you are isolating, that's not a healthy sign. You want to have people who unconditionally love you and tell you things how it is. That's a healthy sign. You don't want people who make it seem like you're broken all the time. That's not a healthy sign. The shame, blame, revenge is not a healthy sign. You want the ones who can be civil with you. They respect you. This is a healthy sign. That's what self-empowerment means. You won't let people treat you like shit. And you won't treat others like shit. Now, one time, as we close out, I've told you this story. I actually had a gut feeling about a person, and my gut feeling proved to be right. But before that happened, I actually began to trust because of things that I'd been taught in my lovely international relations and diplomacy, master's courses, and my political science about negotiation and all these things. So thinking strategically. When I was basically proven that my initial gut was right, I was like, okay, to be remembered. And what I've learned now as an adult with people who have secure attachment, who manipulate emotions in an effort to avoid their own heartbreak, quote-unquote, so they live a lie as adults and they live half a life, is this. Most people's egos are not self-empowered until they are. If they are, then they know how to be genuine, authentic, and they know how to respect you, no matter how much you and they can be different. When people are actually, in this word, trustworthy the way others want to use it. Because for me, trusting is like Sadhguru says, expansion of consciousness. But, if I want to use it, societally speaking, you can better bet that this word doesn't exist for me. Because there's no human being that I know that I would say, Oh, let me put my hand on fire. Even the ones who I know have my best interest. I am going to be very rational and very objective and know. Self-preservation will take the lead, period. So however you react with stress, that's going to indicate to me how you're going to react in any situation. The other part is we don't need all these stories. Here's where you build your relationships in order to socialize. Most of us socialize with our loved ones. We're not out there in a battlefield. So creating new types of conversations for relationships is very, very beautiful. It's always been happening. It's continuing to happen. Right now what we have is a transformation. It doesn't look any different than it did yesterday for the 5D person because we stay grounded in education. And so when I think of Patrick McNamara and how he's explaining the neuroscience with religion and all of the other educators that I've come across and that we've discussed, they're all in the middle helping to say, here is the data. The extreme people with their other stuff, you're old data. We can still use you, but you're old, and your rigidity isn't going to change the new findings. So while you keep battling, we're going to keep presenting the middle ground, and luckily for us, structure. Even though they're divided, they're not actually... um, how can I break it down? They will have to move in ways that allow the structure to keep moving forward. So they have to take information in seriously. And furthermore, luckily we have a mix of people always. So you don't only have the ones who don't care. And at a certain point, we will weed them out. This is the beauty. Not in the way of rigidity though we will weed them out in a way that is just and fair because we will know as people already know how to work with the lovely psyche of people the neuroscience is showing how our brain works they know what it means For a person to be integrated and not everybody is on the agenda scale. Actually, a good portion are on the scale of, hey, humanity is pretty awesome. Look what we can do if we help people resolve trauma. We can move into a body that is led in a healthy way. Ventral vagal nervous system means your body is in a rest and ease, rejuvenation. Your charge states no longer, they're processed, so you get to keep moving into the healthy you, Because you're not poisoning your body with the chemistries of stress, which served our lovely species way back when. And now it just is out of place, out of context. Because though, we also did go through years where we, war- we fought each other, okay? So if you actually look at timeline and you equate in the absence of a demon or some evil shit or some story, you can easily note why a civilization at this point in time with technology is able to say, hey, this is healthier. And this over here, there's equations that we want to look at. So we'll keep talking about it. And in the meantime, as you move into your adulthood, allow yourself to repair. Speak from a place of heart. Allow yourself also to be understanding. Speak from a place of heart. None of us are exempt from having an ego or bias. None of us. Not No person is. We're all imperfect. You being able to respect each other but be authentic, this is important. You being able to not hide your emotions if you don't want to live half a life, that's important. It's very easy if you start to just say, I will allow only people who will accept me with my imperfections, and that's one place. It doesn't mean you're treating them like shit. It means you allow yourself to be imperfect, and so if you get stressed, you're not going to be like, oh my God, it's the end of it. You allow yourself to say, someone who loves me will tend to me and care for me and not lie to me about my health and all these things. There's very clear ways we will support each other when we love each other. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts and experiences. Calling in or leave a message. Have a great day.